Hey traders, David Frost, My Strategic Forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Thursday, April 22, 2021. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? We had an interesting day out here. There's a lot to discuss today. The first thing we're going to do is focus in on the daily chart and we'll say, what's jumping off the page on the daily chart? Well, obviously, it's today's candle. And the question will be, is this a reversal candle? Is this a reversal day? Well, what we don't want to do is we don't want to pigeonhole ourselves into whether it is or it isn't. So here's how we handle it. Maybe it is, but we won't find out until tomorrow. Tomorrow, if the market is down and it's below today's low, below yesterday's low, below the day before's low, which is this low over here, and the exact number is 410.59, that's from the 20th. If the market's down below those lows, closing hourly and then daily below those lows, then yeah, today was a reversal candle. But what happens if the market is either flat or even up tomorrow, tomorrow's Friday? Are they going to kill them into the end of the week, or are they going to float them into Friday? Well, let's say they float them into Friday. Then was today a reversal candle? And the answer would be no. So you really don't know until after the fact. Doesn't matter what you label it. Don't pigeonhole into one thing or the other. What we've also been doing is paying attention to the volume down below. So we talk about the average volume. So right now, the average volume is 97 million and change. That's calculated, at least on this chart, as a rolling 90-day average. There's other volume metrics. There's other way to calculate volume. That's the way I like it done. So what I want to point out is market made a high over here, and the following day on the 19th, it was down, and it was down on less than the average volume. Then it was down more the following day on less than the average volume. Then it was up, again, on lesser volume. That was yesterday. And today it was down on greater volume better than the average volume. Should we read into that? Well, we can begin reading into that because I think it begins to hold some significance. When there's greater than the average volume, we begin to see institutional participation. Now, when it's right on the number, like it's just slightly above it today. So that's really not conviction one way or the other, but when you begin to see the spikes, the spikes mean you're getting conviction. You're getting institutional participation on that day. Is that meaningful? Most of the cases, yes. What else do we see on the daily chart? Well, we're still above all the moving averages. We're still in the, the trend is your friend until she dumps you scenario. The trend is the dominant thing. One day isn't going to change the trend, especially since we're above the moving averages. But remember, we were starting to get too far from home base, so what happened? Home base continued to creep higher, and price went sideways to lower, letting home base catch up to price, letting price come down toward home base. Just something that we like to watch. We use home base as a gauge. It's not a trading tool, it's a gauge. Now, here's the hourly chart. So what happened today? The market was going up, 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 and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, she falls out of bed. What happened? The spark was the release of information or more information on the Biden tax plan, I suppose. So apparently, 
capital gains tax is going up. It's going up more than people thought it was, so they sent the market down. Was that really the reason? Doesn't really matter whether it was or it wasn't. It's certainly not good news for the stock market. Higher taxes are not good news for the stock market. So here's an opportunity to hop on a soapbox for a moment. Are we short-sighted or are we far-sighted? And far-sighted mean thinking longer term. If we have investments today that are sold and they're sold and the capital gains, long-term capital gains rate goes from whatever it is now, 20% up to 40 some odd percent, let's say that ends up to be the case. Not sure it will, but let's just say that's the case. That's a number I saw flashed today. So you sell an investment because you don't want it anymore. You want to reallocate the capital to another investment. Okay, that's the way this business works. So now we're going to double the tax, which means that we can invest less in the next thing. So by default, just the way math works, we have less money, so we can grow our money less than we would have had the tax been less. One side would say the tax will fuel the economy. The other side will say growth fuels growth, which fuels the economy. If you have more money to spend, you'll spend more money. If you have less money to spend, you'll spend less money, in theory. Not every single person, but in theory. But nevertheless, it doesn't really matter what I think. It doesn't matter what you think. They're going to do what they're going to do. We have to play in the game they put on the field. And by the way, you're not going to get any sympathy complaining about higher taxes, right? Because the majority of people in the country don't own individual stocks, individual investments. It doesn't matter what the number is that do or don't. It's just majority. So if the majority does not own investments, then they don't care. And therefore, as long as somebody else is paying the tax, if I'm getting something on the back end, then I'm all for it. So be careful who you complain to. All right, let's get back to the chart. So the market fell apart. It found support. Why did it found support where it did? Well, I can give you two reasons, and they're pretty good ones. I can give you the 100-period moving average, and I can also give you a breakup candle low at 411.36. What was low of day? 411.13. How you doing? Is it a falling knife or are they running a test? Well, you didn't get a tremendous rally away from there, but you still got a bounce. You still found support. Support doesn't have to mean the market turns around and goes up for the next seven hours in a row. Support means it stops going lower at that point in time. Let's check out inside the numbers. I think you're going to find some of the same numbers we just discussed inside the numbers. It's not every day we get an afternoon trade inside the numbers, but today was one of those days where when they're moving them, if the opportunity surfaces, I'll put it on the table. However, dating back to zero dark 30, it's happy Thursday. There's no change. She's still hanging around yesterday's prize. Yesterday's prize was 416. Let's see what else we've got. We'll circle back to stocks on the move. We got right down to business. Yesterday, the shorts got a pie in the face. Once price got above SPY 412. Hmm, sound familiar? 412. Now, it's not exactly the same number that we just discussed before, but it's not that far away. So if 412 was a breakout yesterday, then did they come back to check in at the breakout area from yesterday? And by the way, while they were down there, 
did they run a test of a break-up candle low. And as far as I'm concerned, the way I look at the market, yeah, that's exactly what happened. So when you have all this stuff in your mind and they're doing something and you can identify the fact that they're doing something near a particular area that seems to be important, it just was important, and usually they want to run a test of an important spot. So when you have this stuff in your mind, you can't help but say, hey, wait a minute, it smells like an opportunity. And I know that last description was a lot jumbled. I did that on purpose for effect. But here's the point that I want to get across. When you show up early in the morning with important numbers on the board, important numbers in your mind, you know where they are, later on, when they do something out of whack, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, you have the information at your disposal. Back to this morning, at that time, it looked like new highs could be on the docket, so we bring it to the forefront. Are new highs on the docket? But we don't know yet, so how will we know? Well, we have some numbers. 4.15.80 is the gateway that needs to be eclipsed in order for the market to really get another vitamin B shot and another leg higher. That was around the prize yesterday, give or take some pennies on either side, it doesn't really matter. Some days the numbers stay the same, some days they get altered a little bit. 414 on the downside is an important spot, so if they were going to drop them at the open on one of those early shakeout operations, we're on the lookout for 414. Now, 414 was from this morning. When they start coming down with velocity, the number changes. That's what you'll see in the afternoon. Then we had some stocks on the move. We're going to circle back to those. Just to get a sense of where we are from a picturesque standpoint, 415.80 was important. You can see them fighting it all morning long. While above its support, once it breaks, that's it. Now, you'll see something interesting here. 936, 414.60, give or take, will be some support. The backstop to that is the 414 discussed earlier. Remember, that was 936. This is the candle ending at 935. 414.60 was support. Funny how that works. Let's move along a little bit and see what else we've got. 940, if a trader's interested in a long side trade, the first entry could be 414.60. Same backstop, 414. Now they just bounced in front of 4.14.60, so the number is no longer good. It's not the same as it was before. So therefore, it wasn't a trade I was willing to take after they bounced in front of it. That's just my way. It was still support, nonetheless, the numbers are working. And they started to grind back up. We're focused back on 4.16. That's where the bulls have to get to. At this point, you can pause the video and read the notes and double-check the work and see what's in the notes and see if you think that there's value in the commentary. What I wanna do is highlight a few more specific things that were found in today's notes. Let's move along a little bit. So now we're saying they're eating time off the clock, they're gonna push higher. If they can get above 416, where are they going? 416.55, give or take. And another line in the sand would be 416.74. These aren't tremendous moves, but this is what the market was providing at that time. There's your 416.55. There's your 416.74. Couple of pennies above was high of day. So we're moving along. They're trying to do the thing, what thing, 416.55. They really shouldn't blow right on through, should have another rest area, which they did as you saw in the chart. 
you can go ahead and pause the video and read some more notes. I want to get to something else. Here we go, 108, out of nowhere, she falls out of bed. Well, same rules apply. If they're going to sell, they'll want to run a test of 414 and a spike of it. Should be support around that spot. So now, just to clear things up, we've adjusted the lines. 414 is your lower trend line. You can see here, this candle, this five-minute candle, made a low of 413.62 and spiked back up and ended closing the candle at 414.73. So you got the one spike above 414 immediately. We'll get to the rest later. Let's see what else we have as we scroll up. Now here's where the post was, 120. 412 and a quarter down to 411.95, give or take, is the next spot. It should be support. If they get into the zone around 412, I'll be taking a long side scalp trade. If it's wrong, if they get below and start closing below, 411.36. Remember that number from before. Of course you do. They can't eat too much time off the clock before doing it. A spike of 412 for a scalp trade on the long side, not a marriage. So they do it, they start going slightly lower, and even below the number, the 411.36, I notice another spot, I didn't see it earlier, 411.20, run a test and get a bounce. Below that, you don't really want to be there. Let's see what else we have. Now, forget all the stuff up north, focus on the only two lines on the screen, 411.95, right around 412, 411.20, you saw that up on the board too. There's your trade. Not easy, looks like a falling knife. They're headed to a destination. When they get to the destination, they're either gonna hang out for a cup of coffee or they're gonna turn around and go back in the other direction. If you don't have a clue what the destination is, it doesn't seem the same. When you have a comfort level that you have an idea, a pretty damn good idea of what the destination is, you have a different outlook on the trade. That's the way this works. Let's see what else we have in the notes, and then we'll go back and circle down to stocks on the move, because the same thing applies with those. They look like falling knives most of the time, but guess what? They're not. It all depends on how you want to look at it. We had three that hit their price targets or entry targets today, SSL, LVS, and FSR. PLNT did not, so it's off the board we wipe it clean, it's a no trade. Let's set the table, SSL, getting a haircut at the open. Now after the bounce, you see where the price was, 16.33, that was on the board bright and early. You get the bounce, it does the deal. It's a lower priced stock, so understand that it doesn't look like much, but when you look at this high over here at 16.56, they did the deal, the minimum required base hit or more. Now. They came back down, and when the market falls apart, everything gets dragged back down. That's just the way this whole thing works. LVS was actually a no trade. It opened below the number. So the opening print was 58.27, and guess what? They never got to the second number. The second number on the board was 57.55. The low here was 57.75. Life of a trader. There's nothing you can do about this. We see this all the time, it just is what it is, we move on. Some traders took this trade, I got emails to that effect, so they made money in LVS, but that becomes your trade, it's not mine. This was mine, Fisker, getting a buzz cut at the open, 13.55 on the board bright and early, they hit the number, they spike it, they never get to the second number, 
they turn around and look where they went to. 1467, do the math. Dollar 12 on a 1350 stock. That's a big deal. They come back down later, but guess what? You think this number was important? Look at the low right here. Yeah, I'll say it was important. So guess what? That was the number. So all in all, I would have to say that was a pretty successful day inside the numbers. Traders that wanted to ride the market higher in the morning had a target. They did so. They knew where to exit the trade. Traders in the afternoon that wanted to buy on the dip that were looking for support, they knew where support was. They were able to do so. Traders looking for stocks on the move were afforded the opportunities today. From an inside the numbers perspective, I think we'll take the W. What's going on over in Camp IWM? Anything material, anything we can hang our hat on? Well, it was interesting. They were up nicely. They finished down slightly on the day, but not enough to make a federal case out of it. They're hanging around the convergence of these moving averages. So let's just look at the obvious. Let's look at the logical. What makes common sense? If they stay below those moving averages, it's trouble on the daily chart. If they get above and start trading above those moving averages, that's positive for the bull case. At present, right now, we really don't have to look any deeper than that in the IWM. We can make up all kinds of stuff, but for me, I'm going to use the moving averages for the time being as the guideline. The folks down at the transportation department, above the moving averages, the trend is your friend, all that. Spike in volume today on a down day, so it's positive in terms of the trend, but we have to take notice of the volume, of the reversal, finishing on the lows. Everything starts somewhere. Everything starts on an intraday chart and morphs onto daily charts. The daily chart here is still positive. The trend is your friend. However, some of the smaller time frame intraday charts have already changed trend. This is small time frame, but a 10-minute chart obviously changed trend in a downtrend. 30-minute chart in a downtrend. Hourly chart under the 50-period moving average on close. That's by design. They didn't have to do that. So we have to note what's going on from chart to chart to chart. Everything will morph over time. Look at this 60-minute chart right here. You have a breakup candle low, 14,857 and change. Are they running a test or are they going to bust through it? Are they going to start closing hourly below that? If they do, it's trouble and that trouble will also appear on other charts. What about the folks out in Silicon Valley? Very similar to the SPY chart. Very similar candle, very similar in position. Here's the SPY daily chart, kind of pulling back into that 20-period moving average. Same thing with the Q's daily chart. The intraday charts, different story, similar to the transports. We don't have to run through them all. You can certainly look on your own, but it's the same story. How about the XLF? I can tell you right now, the XLF, it's all about this low right here. 3442. Close hourly and daily below that low, and there's trouble in the XLF. There are lower prices if that happens. That was a reversal. That's meaningful. That's the market's way of telling you that that price was important. When they give up the reversal candle, you have to take notice. That in and of itself is a big-time puzzle piece. Smash Mouth, down 5 bucks over 2%. You have to pay attention to that. Give up the 50-period moving average. That's trouble. Give up yesterday's big up day. They gave it up today. That's trouble. That's not positive. If they have another big update tomorrow, then it's just a rodeo.
you know, 240 chart doesn't look so hot. Looks like the trend is turning down on the 240 chart. Same deal with the 120-minute chart. So you have to pay attention to all charts, all markets. They're not all going to tell you the same thing together. The SMH, or better known as Smash Mouth, is a pretty good indicator of the tech space as a whole. Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you? Without you, these videos are not possible. That is true and accurate information. We're going to pull the ripcord here today. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.